Welcome to the Multi-Orgasmic Mama podcast, where sexual taboos around sex and motherhood are broken. I am Tilly Storm. I'm a holistic sex and intimacy coach, a jade egg, and a tantric sex teacher. And I work with high-achieving moms to have epic sex and pleasure in the bedroom and beyond. If you struggle with lack of desire and energy for sex, getting out of your head. If you don't know what you want or like sexually, or maybe you're just curious to know what the nervous system, somatics, and embodiment practices have to do with your sex life and your experience of pleasure in the bedroom and in your day-to-day life, I want you to download my private podcast training, Five Days to Epic Sex and Pleasure for High Achieving Moms. Be sure to put in the www.tillystorm.com forward slash five day training to download that free training today. If you're enjoying this content, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting app, and please leave us a five-star rating and review to help spread the love. What's up, mamas? It's Tilly Storm. Welcome back to the Multi-Orgasmic Mama podcast. Today, we have a guest expert, Heather Shannon, who is a certified sex therapist. I have all of the episodes we've done. We're almost on 200 y'all. I've literally never had a sex therapist on this show before. So I'm super excited to have Heather join us today. Uh, She works with a diverse group of individuals and partners to have a happy, fulfilling and authentic sex life. Hey, Shannon, how are you? I'm good. Great to be here, Tilly. Thank you for having me. Yes. I'm super excited to have you on to discuss something we have not discussed at all on this podcast yet, but yet I hear it all the time, open relationships. So super excited to dive in. Um, I'm curious to hear a little bit about, you know, what you do, what you like to help people out with in your practice, all those sorts of things, how you got into this. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so I've had an interesting path career-wise. Uh, my undergrad degree is in finance. <laughs> so ah. I've done, done a little bit of a, a 360 or 180 rather. Um, so I knew uh, I didn't want to do finance, but I was like, I'm not doing an extra year in college. So then I was a market research analyst for a year. That was awful. And I was like, what can I do that I actually care about? Like if I'm going to work hard, I want to feel like I actually care about what I'm doing. So then I started exploring psychology. I wound up being a high school counselor for six years. And then during my fifth year as a high school counselor, I started a private practice with one of my friends from grad school. So very quickly realized like I can never work for anyone else again. I love being self-employed and um, through the private practice, I started, you know, talking to people about relationships and it wasn't necessarily something I advertised as like being my focus, but I realized everyone wants to talk about relationships, like, because it's just that important. So, um, so then I started advertising that and then had some brave souls who really got deep with exploring like gender and sexual orientation and kinks and sexual trauma And, and I was like, oh, wow. Like there's really not a ton of like safe spaces for people to talk about this stuff, just like really openly and really freely. And it's like, how are we ever supposed to have the growth that we want to have and need to have if we're not having the safe space to talk about it? So, um, I realized I could be the safe space. (laughs) Um, and so then eventually I, I had been sort of uh, flirting with like the University of Michigan program and, and uh, sexuality, uh, sexual health certificate. 
And for a while, I was like, I don't know, like, it's such a big time commitment. It's pretty expensive. Do I really want to do this? And then I realized, like, there's a lot of need out there. Like, you know, I did a little more research. I was like, there's a lot of demand for this. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. Um, and then, yeah, no turning back. It's been great. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, tell me, how much of a podcast junkie are you? Do you listen to a lot of podcasts? I listen to like a few pretty regularly and I, I've been on a few, uh, before this as well, but I love, I love the audio format because you can be driving, you can be yeah. on a walk, you can be like doing stuff around your house. So yeah, I'm a fan. Awesome. Yes, me too. Okay. Well, have you noticed the massive uptick in podcasts around the sexuality space that are just all around kink, BDSM and open and poly? Like a hundred percent. Yeah. I, I think, think there's really trending. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's super trending. And, uh, I'm, I am not one to follow the trends. Yeah. And so this is why I've not broached this topic because I find it's, it's annoying to me. <laughs> it's annoying. Uh, like everyone's like, Oh, all of a sudden the next big thing, the next big thing. And I'm yeah. one of the people that's like, fuck that shit. Like, I don't, <laughs> I, I'm one to like carve my own path and do the thing. Uh, yeah. but I am so interested in, in having this conversation with you because I find more and more that the longer I do this work, uh, the more people come into our programs, either exploring open relationships for, in my opinion, all the wrong reasons, which is something we get to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and thinking that that might help them, uh, or that that might be their ticket to satisfaction in their sex life and all these things. So, um, yeah, I mean, we even have a couple of people in our group program right now that are in the space of, you know, they've had open relationships for a while, or they're exploring it and all these sorts of things. Uh, and then the younger generation too, uh, this being a totally normal thing for them. And, you know, yeah. is this, is it, why is this, is this because it's a lack of commitment? Is it because it's just like the, the next big thing? I don't know. So I'm excited to have that discussion with you. So tell me, yeah. what, do, what do you think about all this so far? <laughs> what do I think about all of that? I don't know. Um, but I, I do think that there's a curiosity. I think the thing I like about it is that we're really challenging the norms, you know? And I think when I say like, I work with a diverse population, you know, there's been the whole idea of like the relationship escalator where it's like, first you date and then you like get more intimate and then you're like committed and then you're like get engaged, then you're married, then you move to the suburbs and have two kids. Um, (laughs) So it's this idea that there was like this prefab like track that we're like quote unquote supposed to be on. Um, and so I just kind of feel like that's bullshit. Hopefully I'm allowed to swear a little bit. Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> okay. Um, so I feel like that's bullshit. And so I love that people are questioning it, but I think the points you're bringing up, like, is this the path? Are people doing this for the right reasons is a good one. I, I tend to agree. You know, I see a lot of people coming to me that are like, you know, we've kind of lost the spark in our connection. Um, you know, we're thinking maybe this will help us. And I'm kind of like, you know, Uh maybe first work on your own connection. And so that's usually what I'll do when I work with people. It's like, okay, we're going to first work on your connection, see what's going on, learn more about each other. And then if you still want to open things, cool, I will help support you in, in doing that. Um, I think that we do grow a lot from relationships. And so sometimes I think that, um, people who are a good fit for being, you know, open or polyamorous, um, are people who see that as like a growth pathway that they want to put some time and effort into. But I think that's the other piece. Like people are often missing that like, this is a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. as, as someone who has like two kids still, I mean, my kids are older, but uh, you know, it, even thinking about, it, I was like, oh my God, this like, dude, it's just finished the whole dating phase, right? Like fuck that yeah. shit, especially during yeah. like after all the pandemic stuff, it got all weird. And now like you have freaking vaccine badges on Bumble and I'm like, oh, oh my God. God, what is all of this? This is crazy town. Uh, like to me, it just, it seems like it's just another thing to do. So like, I'm curious to hear from you. First of all, in your opinion, what yeah. do you think are good. I don't want to say good because it's like a judgment. What are, <laughs> what are some scenarios where it yeah. might be beneficial to someone's relationship yeah. to yeah. actually consider the stock? I think that's a really good question. Um, so I do have uh, a couple of YouTube videos on this on my YouTube channel, but so, uh, my friend Peter, who's polyamorous and I, I do identify as monogamous or like 99% monogamous basically. Um, we talked about like, how do people know? And like when they're exploring it, you know, so it's like, I explored open relationships a little bit. Uh, Peter explored and we kind of came to different conclusions. So like what led to that? Um, I do think that what we concluded is basically he's energized by putting that work in and I'm drained. Hmm. So I think that was one of the key distinctions. Um, for me, I was like, this is frying my nervous system in a way that feels like very unhealthy. Um, I also realized, um, you know, I had, I had one kind of more casual dating scenario where, um, it didn't feel like as much of sort of like a threat to me if he was like dating other people. Um, and I was dating some other people too, but I did notice like, Oh, it's a lot more fun when I'm the one dating the other people. <laughs> and I was like, it's a lot less fun when he's like unavailable to me. Cause he's like on a different date. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think reflecting on that, like, what are we okay with? And, you know, sure. There could be some scenarios where one person's open or poly and the other person's more monogamous that obviously has its own challenges. Um, but yeah, I think it's just knowing yourself and sometimes trying, like sometimes you have to try it first to realize, yes, I'm a curious person, you know? So for me, it was like, I like variety. I like novelty. I'm a curious person. I'm a progressive person. I don't think everything has to follow that relationship escalator. So I was like, okay, like, let's try this. And very quickly realized, like, I also just like giving my attention to one person. I like getting all the attention. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so like being able to be honest with yourself about that, you know, and I have hobbies and other relationships I want to maintain. So having multiple romantic partners, just kind of, I didn't have the bandwidth for that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of feel the same, at least at this stage in my life, you know, I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't, I can't speak for the future, but you know, at least it feels that way. Like, Oh, my life is so full, you know? Right. Yeah, there's like, definitely people out there though where like it's super like in alignment for them to have the the open or poly relationship you know like my friend peter who i mentioned my ex-boyfriend who i did the open relationship with he's full-on poly now and you can tell like he is happy and he has great relationship skills already so it's like he's somebody who's interested in doing that work capable of doing that work um and feels rewarded and energized by doing it mm, okay cool mm-hmm. well i'm I, I love that there's there's people that just know, you know, and they're, and they're ready for that. And they, they're yeah. ready to put in the work for that. Uh, yeah. but tell me about 
okay see the ones that i get the ones that i know oh my god it's like a an ongoing inner joke for me because the people will come to me and we'll have our initial intake call or consultation or whatever and they'll tell me that they've lost the connection and the spark between their partner things are boring uh you know and maybe they're not even attracted to their partner anymore so they decided to try to open up their relationship and i inwardly just I'm like trying to hold it together, but I'm just like, okay, this sounds like a recipe for disaster. So can you please speak to that scenario? And you know, what your what is your professional opinion in having helped people navigate these sorts of things? Yeah, it's interesting. Like hearing you say that, one of my thoughts is that people people just don't like breaking up. <laughs> Sometimes like the current relationship is kind of broken. Um and people just don't want to face that. And they're like, oh, like this could be a way for me to explore and date without having to like lose the companionship or like go through a breakup. Um, and I do, I do find that to be the case with a decent amount of people where there is a good companionship connection. And sometimes they've been together a long time. Um, I actually see it a lot. I'm curious if you see this. Um with people who get married really young or get together yes. really young yes. or come from like a pretty like conservative religious background. I'm like, Oh, there's like a disproportionate amount. I think of those types of couples mm -hmm. um, that are exploring swinging open relationships, polyamory. And I don't think that's bad in that case, you know, but I think it's just good to bring consciousness to it. Like what are we doing and why are we doing it? Um, why do we want to kind of preserve this relationship? Have we kind of given up prematurely on our sex life? And I think I see that a lot too, where it's like, like we've lost attraction, but attraction is so mental, you know? And so a lot of it is, you know, oh, well, our partner's kind of like not taking care of themselves or like, you know, just kind of like used to them or they're kind of just like wearing sweatpants around the house the whole time. Or like, you know, we kind of just stop flirting with each other and, and I kind of want to remind people like that can all be a conscious decision. Like there's, there are concrete things we can do to increase how sexy we feel and increase, you know, attraction and sexual tension with our existing partner. So I guess that would be a thought like, first don't give up until you've like really tried a lot of things. And I, I would also add that like, until I became a sex therapist and started working with people on this really regularly, there were a lot of things I didn't know could be done, you know? So like being open to working with someone like you or someone like me that like do this for a living um, and maybe have some different answers than what people are thinking about. Um, I think that's important to explore before you're like, well, our sex life is dead. Let's go for other people. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, I, and I wouldn't say this is the true for everyone, but it's, you know, the people that I hear and see, and even friends, like I had a friend that came to me one time and I swore, like we, we met up for coffee one day and she's like, yeah, we're just, you know, I've been with my husband 14 years and we just opened our relationship. I'm having so much fun, but our sex life together sucks. And I'm sitting here thinking, okay, this is doomed for disaster. And sure enough, yeah. a year later, I meet up with her for coffee again. And she's like, yeah, we broke up. <laughs> and I was like, wow. oh, no kidding. Uh, because it seems like it's, for many people, it's a way to bypass the relation, the, the relationship issues that they're having oh, yeah. in their sex life with their current partner. So yep. can you tell me like 
talk about, let's talk about that. How do you, yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like I can already tell like you and I would not let them get away with it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I feel like that's also where the growth happens, you know, like yes, growth can happen through exploring non-monogamy, but it also happens through like staying committed to the relationship you're already in and like doing that work, but yeah, it's uncomfortable. And I, and even when people do come to me, it's people don't want to get uncomfortable. And especially like if they haven't had sex in a long time, Mm -hmm. it's, it gets awkward. And then it becomes almost this like third person in the room or something where it's like, Oh, but like you've rejected me a bunch and like, I've probably rejected you a bunch. And like, we don't really have that much of a libido anymore. Or like, we don't know how to get it back. And then if we try, it's going to be like super awkward. And then we're going to like be awkward and like might not work. So <laughs> like, it's like, yes, yes, that is what happens. And like the actual growth is like being awkward and like being uncomfortable and, and doing the work. And it's like, you can hire a professional to help you do that because it is hard, <laughs> but like you're even hiring a professional, like you're still going to have to be uncomfortable. So I think that that's the magic sauce really is like being willing to be awkward and uncomfortable. Mm. And if you're willing to do that, you can make a lot of progress. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Uh, okay. So here's a question that, mm maybe comes unexpected, but it just popped in my mind. I was like, okay, how much does, when, when, in in terms of having a really awesome relationship with someone, how much does sex actually matter? Yeah. It it depends on the person. Um, it's interesting to me when people come in and they're kind of like, well, we've never really had much of a sexual connection. Mm -hmm. Oh, so interesting that you would like go forward with that. Anyways, Mm -hmm. personally, I would not, I would not recommend that to people, (laughs) but I think it sometimes happens when we have these connections with like this wild, like 10 out of 10 chemistry level. And then it's like super toxic, Yep. you know? And so I think sometimes we get, then get scared, like, Ooh, it's not all about the chemistry. Maybe I like went too far in that direction. Now I just really need to focus on the emotional connection. And I think it's like a yes. And, you know, it's like, you really need both. Um, like in, even though I'm a sex therapist, if I had to pick like emotional connection or sex, I'd probably pick emotional connection, but also <laughs> I would never pick <laughs> like, like both are essential. Yeah. Um, so that's my personal view, you know, but people are on different ends of the spectrum in terms of like how important sex is to them, how high of a libido they have in terms of like their natural libido level. So some people it's just going to be like more secondary, but like, it's certainly nice if it's there. And I've had one client tell me that like, he was finally going to let sex be important. You know, I think he had kind of judged himself as like superficial for prioritizing sex on some level. And then I was like, yeah, like sex is not superficial, you know? So I think that's kind of like a unlearning that we can do too. You know, it's like, it's, it's vulnerable and it's physical and it's emotional and it can be spiritual and, you know, that's not superficial. So. Yeah. Mm. That's on that. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And I am so in agreement with you right there about like the sexual connection versus the emotional connection. Uh, that, you know, you, you shouldn't have to choose and you should definitely strive for both. But when it comes to like having a really great relationship, if you had to pick, uh, I always, I also feel like both are, are learned, right. That you can learn both relational skills, emotional skills, and you can learn sexual skills. 
Right. Uh, and that, you know, even if one isn't quite where you want it to be and, and I think 99.9% of relationships, it's, there's going to be one that feels a little lacking than the other. Right. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe the sexual connection is something that you get to work on as a couple. And that's where your right. point of growth comes from. Uh, right. Others, it's like the relational aspect. How can we emotionally connect and communicate and, you know, all these things. And that is something that couples get to work on. Uh, yeah. I mean, as far as my long-term relationships, <laughs> I've been in, you know, a variety of the sorts. Right. And, um, you know, it's, it's definitely something where I've also been through two divorces by the time I was 34, I was like, you know, dude, <laughs> sex, we can work on, right. This is a learned skill, right. Uh, so is relationship, but yeah, if, if I had to pick one, I would totally go for the emotional connection that that is to me, higher priority, even as a very sexual person, Mm -hmm. Um, because I know that the sexual part can always be improved because of the work that I do, you know, I see it all the time. Yeah. I, I think that's just so important for people to know. And I don't think I really understood that before that, like, it is a learned skill and this idea that like you either have chemistry or you don't like maybe to some degree, I feel like there needs to be like a starter level. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. You know what I mean? But like, look, it's like five or six, like you can work with that, you know? And I, I think that we absolutely can create chemistry and sexual tension with someone. And it's just learning. What does that look like? Mm, Okay. Can you tell me more about that? How do you, how do you create more sexual chemistry when you feel like you've lost it? Yeah. So I do think some of it's obvious, right? Like some of it is like, what are the things we do during dating that we don't do in like a long-term relationship and we lose? Yeah. Like start with that. You know, it's like, put some effort into your appearance, get out of the house and plan a date night. And especially when you're living with someone, like people tend to easily slip into like roommate mode. So setting aside some time, you know, it could be, it could be a little like close the door when you go to the bathroom. You know? um, so I think like tuning into those things and like, let's go do something fun together. Let's go do something new together that, you know, we haven't done in a while. Let's dress up and look cute. Let's flirt. I think people totally can stop flirting with each other. Um, and I think that's really important to like make little suggestive comments or, you know, do little gestures of affection. You know, I, I often start with affection um, because I think it feels less threatening to people. You know, it's like, okay, we don't have to be like super awkward and like, go right into like sex mode. Um, but we can just, you know, hold hands or put our arm around each other, embrace. And sometimes that does lead to more and sometimes it doesn't, but either way you're enhancing the connection. So that's where I would usually start with people. Um, and then it can, you know, increase, like, I think, like, I think like dirty talk is an interesting one, uh, kind uh, of like extension yeah. of thing. <laughs> Please let's talk about dirty talk. <laughs> But people, that's another one where people get so uncomfortable and awkward. And like what I, what I tell, cause I think they feel like there's this idea of like, Ooh, I have to be this like, you know, suave guy, or I have to be this like super seductive woman or something. And it's like, no, like you could totally still be you. Like you can do it like in your lane. So if you're like a goofy, playful person and like maybe your dirty talk is in that lane. And if you're like super intense person, maybe it's in that lane. And if you're just like a flowy, carefree person. So I think it's like doing it in a way that resonates with your personality type would be my advice. So, um, and that may or may not resonate with your partner's (laughs) sexual Mm -hmm. type, but 
you know, you, you can work through that. Um, and hopefully your personalities align pretty well. Um, so, th- so that's kind of my thought. I also think just like saying what you want to do can be dirty talk. You know, it doesn't have to be like, oh, I got to come up with like a line and I got to like do it at the right time and in the right tone. It could just be like, Ooh, I really want to eat you out right now. I'm just like thinking really bad thoughts. Um, so it could even just be like naming it, right? Or it's like, I really want to, whatever. It was like, oh, your butt's looking really good right now. I just thought I'd share that with you. So I think, you know, like it could just be comments, really. Yeah. Yeah. Bring so sexual energy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I bring this up and I wanted to talk to talk more about it because we had a group call with our clients a couple of weeks ago. That was just so fun. Uh, we were talking about dirty talk and how everyone feels so like, at least the women like, Oh my God, it's so uncomfortable. I have no idea what to say. And I'm like, <laughs> I know I get it because I'm teaching them how to get out of their heads and to be in their body. And yeah. how, we were discussing how, well, is there a fine line between that? Because if your guy really likes the dirty talk stuff and mm-hmm. you're like learning how to not be in your head, then how the hell do you use your head while you're trying to pay attention to what you're feeling in your body? Right. So it's like, right. you have two different parts of you competing <laughs> yeah but I, I think when you just name what your body wants then you can kind of because I like where you're going with like being with the body just uh-huh. notice your desire notice your body what's happening and say it ah maybe that's yeah. the trick to dirty talk be like, right like oh you're making me all tingly yes you know and that's just naming what's happening in your body or it could be like you know oh I'm feeling really wet right what's happening in your body great oh my god what oh my god you just gave me the best idea like what if we wrote a little manual for like embodied dirty talk (laughs) (laughs) so good (laughs) because you know like all you ever see is like the shit on porn and it's so fake. Anybody with half a brain can see right through that shit. And I know. It's like that feels so inauthentic. Like I can't do it. You know, I've, I've had partners that, you know, in the past have been like, yeah, talk dirty to me. I'm like, fucking no, like, don't tell me what to right. do. First of all, <laughs> man, that's kind of tough. You know, then you're like on the spot and super in your head. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, and, and especially if it's something, someone new or that you're not in, relationship with because you have no idea what they want to hear or what is it that really turns them on. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, like this whole idea of how does it feel authentic to you? How can it be genuine? But I think you just gave us the key ingredient there is that it to be like an embodied dirty talk where, what are you feeling in your body? Because I teach my clients a body meditation to connect with the sensations in their body. Like, what are you feeling right now? Where do you feel it? Mm -hmm. What if you just started saying it out loud? (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, it could, right. It could start kind of PG and, you know, as you go, things could progress. What you feel in your body changes. Oh my God. Fucking genius. Thank you, Heather. (laughs) You're so welcome. (laughs) All right, ladies, hopefully that helps you. Uh, okay. Yeah. So this brings me back to the, the open, opening things up mm-hmm. conversation. Um, so how do we know when it's the right time to explore that as an option and what I'm gathering so far? Okay. I'm thinking of, are you familiar with Jaya? Yes. Yeah. A little bit. Okay. Yeah. So she teaches this passion trifecta thing, mystery, obstacle, and novelty 
and naughtiness as like three things that get to happen in long-term relationships or even in new relationships. This is what makes the new relationship energy so epic and why people are addicted to it. Yeah. So these three keys to, she calls it the passion trifecta. Okay. These are the three things that get to happen if you want to maintain sexual connection and chemistry over the long term. And this is something that I see so many of my clients in particular who've been in relationships for generally over like five to seven years. Most of them have been in relationships like seven to 20 years. Um, So these things are something I'm trying to always bring back to them. It's like, okay, are you creating mystery in your relationship? Are you creating obstacle in your relationship? Are you creating novelty and naughtiness in your relationship? Mm-hmm. And if they're not, then, which usually they're not, um, <laughs> this is where things can just get bold and stale. And then they start to question things like, am I in the right relationship? Is, is our sex life just doomed for now? Right. So, right. Yeah. So like, would you suggest, what would you suggest doing before, like for people who've lost that connection, what would you suggest doing before having that opening things up conversation? Yeah. So definitely getting to a good place in your relationship. I think it should come from, Hey, like we have a good emotional connection. We have a good sex life. We are going to keep working on that. And we're going to make room for another relationship or a dating experience. So I think it has to be like, I'm willing and interested in exploring other people while not neglecting the current relationship. So if people can be in that place, then yeah, I kind of feel like go for it. But like also realize, I I think that people don't always realize the risk it poses to the current relationship or like the level of risk. Um, And so when I work with people, most of it is kind of like pre-work. It is like, okay, why do we want to do this? What do we hope we're going to get out of it? And most partners have some kind of expectation of like, oh, well, it's going to be so great. Or like, we're going to do this temporarily and then we'll just be done. And like, we'll have gotten it out of our system. And then like, well, that might not be how it plays out. Like you might feel that way. And your partner might be like, I can never go back to monogamy. Like that happens all the time where one partner can never go back and one partner wants to go back. So, so I think like really discussing the risk level and how are we going to manage the risk level and, um, or if at all, or maybe they're just really like, Hey, let's just see what happens. And like, if that, if we don't work out, we don't work out, but we need to explore this. Okay. But just, I think being really aware. So that's something I work with people on. And then I think like pacing, you know, one of the things that I think happens when people just jump in is they don't set clear rules. People wind up feeling hurt and betrayed. The sexual activity gets ahead of, you know, the emotional and verbal discussions that need to happen Mm -hmm. and then more damage is done. So I think like having the discussions ahead of time, setting the terms, setting the boundaries, being really clear on the intentions, being aware of the risks. I feel like there's a lot, (laughs) there's a lot that goes into it. So like, like, oh my God, (laughs) willing to do all of that, like mental, emotional work. And like, if you're not, then it's going to be a higher risk level, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The risk is real. Like, I think that's, <clears throat> well, I mean, it goes both ways though. You could risk, you know, having a relationship that's completely sexually unsatisfying for the rest of your life or hundred percent. You could risk, you know, 
losing a relationship because you recognize that you're no longer aligned in the relationship container that you exactly. desire. Right. Um, so either way, it's a risk. It seems like. It is. And I, I think that's good that you're bringing that up, that it is a risk either way, because so I think really people have to be growth oriented. You kind of have to be like willing to go through whatever pain comes up, whether the long-term relationship, you know, is sustainable or not. Um, and so if you're really growth oriented and that's kind of like your highest purpose and motivation, then like, those are probably people who are a good fit to try it out. Mm, nice. Awesome. <laughs> well, any other suggestions or topics you'd like to explore while we still got you? I feel like we did a pretty good job on the open relationships. I think I like the the passion trifecta that you mentioned. And I think that um, people have to get creative with creating the mystery and the obstacle, but it can be simple, you know, because when I hear the word mystery, sometimes I'm like, Ooh, how do I be mysterious? I feel like I'm so open and <laughs> transparent. <laughs> yeah. Like where's the line between vulnerability and mystery? Right. And Esther Perel talks about that a lot. Like, you know, kind of like having the closeness, but having enough individuality and like separateness that you have that sexual tension. So that's a way to think about it is like, how can I have my own hobby or can I just like carve out some time to like go work out and like do my own thing? How can I even just take better care of myself? Um, because whether or not your appearance changes, even just like working out or putting pride into your appearance, um, can make you feel like you got a little, you know, mojo going. So your partner might just be like, what's going on what's changed some kind of energy has shifted here so yeah yeah so I think keeping it simple like and don't don't let it sound intimidating or be intimidating that would be my advice gotcha cool okay my love well thank you so much for this amazing discussion uh thanks for having me yeah um all right so tell us where can we find you if you have any freebies to offer or anything like that yeah. Um, people can find me at heathershannon.co. Um, I do have a YouTube channel, uh, just Heather Shannon LCPC and then Instagram at Heather A. Shannon. Um, I think my Instagram does have some freebies, so you can go to the link in bio. Um, and I do have, uh, a few new things that are going to be coming out that I will add to that. So, uh, body meditation, like you mentioned, and I also do parts work. So parts work, uh, with internal family systems is super interesting for working with sexuality. So I have like a new, uh, worksheet and audio for that as well, that people can check out. Awesome. Yeah. Got all of that parts work. Cool. (laughs) All right, my love. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Tilly. Bye. Before we wrap up this episode completely, I wanted to share with you a brand new experience that I'm offering. Imagine yourself supported in a sacred space to completely drop in to heal and integrate and align all parts and pieces of you to the pleasure, joy, abundance, ease, and grace that you desire to experience in your health, your wealth, and your relationships. Hot mama. Imagine that you now have the blueprint to unwind all the garbage imprints and programming that you grew up with that keep you out of alignment to your soul's birthright for ultimate pleasure and abundance. That feeling of knowing in your bones, the truths of who you are and what you're capable of creating in this lifetime. Yeah. I want you to feel that, feel that confident that you now have the tools and the practices to tap into your greatest potential, your greatest pleasure and your gifts in your day-to-day life. 
This is what the VIP experience is with me. It is a co-creative effort that you get to dive deep with me to discover what your soul requires for your next level upgrade in one to three days. This experience, it's completely personalized at the somatic and the soul level to heal, integrate, and align you to a new frequency at the nervous system level to create and manifest your life of thriving and health, wealth, and relationships. If this interests you and you would like to learn more about what is involved in the VIP experience with me, then head to www.tillystorm.com forward slash VIP dash experience. Watch the video. And if it feels good to you and you feel called to it, I encourage you to book a call and apply and let's explore what we might be able to create together. Hot mama. See you next week. Bye. Loved this content? Then be sure to download my private podcast training, Five Days to Epic Sex and Pleasure for High Achieving Moms at www.tillystorm.com forward slash five day training.